Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. Merry Christmas one and all. I'm DCW and I'm joined today by Jason. Yes, Merry Bloody Christmas. And Geordie. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I mean, what can you do but laugh, really? I mean, where, where do we start? I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Even before that unfortunate series of events which saw... Pedro go off injured and he's just walked past us just before we started recording the podcast he's just limped past us on crutches and in a protective boot looking very down indeed so even before he went off injured even before Kamara gets sent off for violent conduct even before we went one nil down we could have been two or three down we were not at the races from minute one were we Jace? No not at all I mean we there was a headline in the week I think from um, Slavin's press conference it was something like uh we remember what happened last time we played Millwall, and it certainly looked like it because we looked like we were scared of them from the from the sort of the first minute. Um, and it, it seems a bit harsh to single players out, but we'll talk about Jeremy and Gaki who had a torrid time out there. He, for one, I think he sort of epitomised the way we were playing because he was getting bullied out of the game right from the off, and we just. I mean, we must have played the first 10, 15 minutes in our half. I think Keenan had that chance where he went down not long before they scored. Other than that, it, there was just nothing. We've got these great players in our team like Sar and Pedro, and they, they just weren't in the game. We just couldn't get them in the game from the first minute. It was just all Millwall. And the, the result in the end was completely deserved just on that first 20 minutes alone. Absolutely. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, literally literally in the very first minute of the game they had a they had a throw in they were putting the ball into our box and I, I was at the um the away game at the den just, you know, before Christmas and I think we were even worse today we were 3-0 down at, at, after half an hour against against them that time but we we looked even worse today and really they've won 2-0 in the end but it could easily have been three or four by half time well it could and, and the bizarre thing is you couldn't say we looked any worse going down to 10 men which I don't think is a particularly glowing indictment on um, on Kamara it, it's so difficult to pinpoint what was wrong because there's there's probably about 10 things you could just list off a complete lack of cohesion lack of fight the one instance we had of any kind of fight was the wrong type of fight we knew what was coming we thought well like you say we started poorly think well is this another one of those games where we start quietly and then we kind of work into it and at no point did we do that and we've seen some some poor games recently where it's just been poor from both sides and the whole game wasn't great Bristol City before that wasn't great but today it was Millwall aren't great but they can fight and and you can make excuses and say oh well we've had injuries and stuff but then the players who come in this is their opportunity to show what they can do and nobody left that pitch with any credit Backman made a few saves because he had lots of saves to make because he was uh, was in that that position of, of getting attacked so much but really no one no one grabbed the game. No one said, "We're going to." I'm going to deal with this. There, there were individual moments of battling, but then there were some passes that were appalling, and it was like like the Sunday school team had been drawn in a cup match against like the local Borstal, the local council estate, and they just didn't know. They'd never had anyone say no to them ever before, and these mean boys were picking on them and, and pushing them, and they didn't and they didn't know how to fight within the within the laws of or within the within the laws of the game. More were physical. They were pushing us. Referee didn't give us much, but there weren't any kind of scissor tackles and elbows being thrown. It was this hard, almost like Sunday league kind of football 
and we, we simply didn't stand up to it and we knew what was coming but, I mean I think that's the point really it's not like this is the first thing, first time we've come up against them this season and I, mean, I was saying the same thing Geordie at the end, you know, towards the end of the game I was saying to the guy next to me These, this team aren't that good actually you look at the league table they're only two points behind us now I mean so you know they are physical but actually they are a decent side as well and we've played them so recently they, we knew what we were going to come up against and it looked like they had a very clear game plan get the ball in behind our fullbacks, put pressure on us in those areas they had a clear game plan and when we did get the ball it didn't look like any of our players really knew what we wanted to do no not at all I think you talked about Keenan Davis earlier off mic where he was he was picking the ball up deep and sort of making runs but he was to me like just playing with his head down and not looking to see if players were available to pass to there were a couple of sort of fleeting moments like from yeah, sort of Sarton, someone once and, and made a run. But again, it was, there was nothing at the end of it. And it all, it, perhaps a bit cliched, but it did just feel like a team of individuals out there sort of playing to their own strengths and, and trying to do things themselves without any sort of vision as to how, yeah, how we're going to play as a team. And, and I guess that I'm not making any excuses. It's fine margins, isn't it, with, with football that, that, that make the difference? And we've sort of been talking about this with friends in the World Cup and England, how they got so close to competing with France in that quarter final. And it, 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 those fine margins do make a difference. And when you've got a midfield that is Tom Delibashir, who's not played much football at all in, in recent times, and a guy, Leandro Bacuna, who's coming in first sort of home game today, played a couple of games of football. That will make a difference, but yeah, that just feels like an excuse. And, it, and they should still be able to put some sort of performance together, and they just didn't. Let's look at some of the individuals then. Um, you, you mentioned the, the midfield there. I think, I mean, the only thing Bakuna really did that was, that was notable today was absolutely scythe a Millwall player down. It was a challenge he probably had to make on the break because Nagaki was getting done for pace and it looked like Millwall will in, but he, he gets a booking early on, deservedly. So that immediately puts him at sort of in a bit of a difficult position. Delhi Bashiru, again, a player, a young player, coming into the team, not that experienced. You know, these are the games that you do need to make a mark on, and he, and he, you know, that midfield in particular. We'll talk about Ngakia maybe in a little bit, but I thought that midfield today from the off just wasn't good enough. No, no, like you say, that you, you sort of watch these games, you come at these games, and you think about what players did to contribute, or you remember certain players that, that contributed either in a positive or negative way. And like you say, you can't really think of much that either of them did. The game almost sort of passed them by, and that may not necessarily be a slight on them but just us as a whole as a team because yeah, again because of the way we were playing and uh, it's one said earlier about sort of Saar and, and, and Pedro not getting into the game second half once Pedro had gone off and once we were sort of players injured the, the, there were a lot of long balls and, and yeah just nothing coming through the middle of the park anyway and sort of nothing through the middle and it with that performance and when you, you, you're not playing well, you've got a numerical disadvantage. It just felt like we were, we were sort of there to make up the numbers. We weren't doing anything. We were also like sort of bystanders. And we just just there to provide sort of training opposition for me. Well, it felt, it felt that bad. I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but it just, it just felt like that, that, that we weren't there to actually do anything. Yeah, especially after that second goal went in, the referee really should have just blown the whistle there and then. And it was what a waste of time. But to, to you know, and Gakia was the player, Geordie, that especially in the first half, you know, was getting a bit of stick from the fans and was kind of an obvious weak point for us. And uh, 
there were times when I felt a little bit sorry for him because he was getting a bit bullied, but it, it definitely you could definitely see that his confidence was knocked by just the physical element of the game. And even when he got on the ball, he didn't really look like he was positive. And it's one of those games where, with with him, he's still a player that we kind of have talked about recently about. He could go either way. There could be a player there, there might not be. But on that evidence, you just think, is he ever really gonna gonna crack it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we can talk about individuals because that's all it was. It was individuals. There's no team there. A team mucks in. We used to, for the last few years, get bullied by Man City in a footballing sense. And we'd say, yeah, but they've got billions of pounds. Well, now we're getting outfought and bullied by Millwall, who have less resources than us. And, you know, if it keeps on like this, it'll be you know, Mansfield, Morecambe and, and Macclesfield who, who are not bullying us for different ways. Um, yeah, you can pin it on Ngakia, but then you look at us and we've got, we don't seem to have a playbook. There are things you know are going to happen in a game of football. The opposition are going to get a corner. They had two short corners because no one's paying attention. Okay, unacceptable. Not in down to individuals, that's down to, that's down to the team to make sure that you're, you're switched on and you don't let anyone, you don't let anyone take, any, um, take a rest. Then uh, the ball out of defence. So, uh, there's a few instances, and it's not because of the individuals, but you know, Cabasella brings it forward as far as he can to the halfway line because he's allowed to. No one in midfield to show in, no one in attack showing. So he passes it to Ngakia, who's now on his right foot. Semma or Sa, whoever's in front of him, is, is marked up. Can't get the ball into Keenan Davis. There's no one for him to pass to. He loses it. He looks like he's the one that's made the mistake. But it's because there's no movement. You know, I've kind of mentioned Man City, but they get eight players around the ball and they do lots of little passes our players were just well it's, it's over there it's not my side I don't need to be there and you're always playing when you're playing football you're always playing there's no moment there's no time when you should be standing still you'll be moving giving the opposition something to think about getting on their blind side making a run and it just felt we didn't know what we're doing you know you see American sports which a lot of you like more than I do but they have like plays and offensive coaches and we need someone right when Backman gets it and he gives it to Cabaselli or to Troost or to Cathcart and they bring it forward this is what you should all be doing and if any of you are standing still we're going to put a sniper in the in the state in the stadium and if he hits you you're out right you must make yourself impossible to hit paintballs well <laughs> to start with to start with you know but really it's, 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 not, it's just not good enough it's just people were standing around it just didn't feel like they wanted to be there and it just, it just wasn't it wasn't good enough as a team the thing is you know it, this is not the first time we've had this sort of conversation it's not the first time that we've bemoaned the lack of consistency last week we came back you know, we, we got a good win against Huddersfield after maybe it looked like that one might be going against us but we dug deep and we scored two good goals to win week before that nil-nil against Hull you, maybe you can forgive that because it's first game back after the World Cup, getting back into the swing of things. But it still seems to be one game on, one game off at the moment. And and it's the pendulum is swinging quite dramatically from one side to the other. And the thing is, we're talking about Billich's, we're talking about Watford's, uh, the, the team's sort of lack of seemingly an idea of what they want to do in certain situations. But Bilic has had 14 games now, that's his 14th game, he's had he's just had a best part of a month with most of the squad to work on stuff ok, lots of injuries to key players in key areas, fine but should, well, it feels like we shouldn't be having this conversation really I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I'm sitting there watching that sort of thinking similar things but my in my head this is, this is something that can't be fixed quickly, it still feels like it's there's something wrong culture wise there now, obviously, we've reasonably high-profile changes 
in the uh, sort of technical scouting department this week with a with sort of new technical technical director and new head of scouting coming in. And you kind of feel they will, they will need some time to get the right players in. But that's not something we're not going to sign. We have signed some, some new players for January, but we're not going to sign a whole new team that brings in a whole new culture in that, in that sort of time. There are players in there still playing today, probably one or two that will... Well, one that, that you'd think will probably go in January in Saar. I think, said a bit before, I think it is time he should go. If we've got the opportunity to cash in on him now, let's do it. We need to start building the team around some, some new faces, new characters, and you, you're not going to fix that in one transfer window. And for me, that's what needs to happen. Bilic, I think, for me, no matter how he does in the rest of the season, I'd like to see him stay just because I don't want to see another change because yeah. then you're just hitting that reset button again too quickly. We need, it, it needs to be something that's built. And it feels with the, the sort of appointments being made this week in, in the back room, you think that's a step in the right direction. We need to make sure that we make the right decisions or not make the wrong ones to fix the issues that we're seeing on the pitch today. Definitely. Right. Um, time to try and clutch at some straws then. Can we, take, can we take any positive at all from today's game? Anything at all? Um, I think at the end, um, Rich had one of the hardest sells as he came on the loudspeaker to say uh, next game's in on the 14th of January. I think, I think that's probably the biggest win is that it's another two weeks before we have to put up with this again. Um, I, I think we have to we have to give uh, Daniel Backman some praise, don't we? As a, as a positive, um, my uh, my brother and my nephew were here today. They they live in Australia and they've come over for a few weeks, so it's the first game they've seen here for for a good couple of years, and with COVID before that, probably even longer. So and it'll be a long time before they come back again because they go home in a, in a week's time. My my nephew, he is a goalie. Um, in his uh, in his Sunday League team, so I'm pleased he got to see a good goalkeeping performance, if nothing else. Okay, well that really is clutching at straws, isn't it? <laughs> Bloody hell! Um, is it something about Boxing Day? The 12 o'clock kickoff on the Boxing Day. I mean, it's, you know, it's easy to go. Oh, look, players look like they've had too many roast potatoes or whatever. I'm sure they didn't, but like it felt like the crowd might have done. We were all sleep. The atmosphere was sleepy. It was one of those games where you obviously need the players to to spark something into life. Because even in those moments in the first half, when the crowd were getting angry at the players and there were there were little incidents, even then it felt like we didn't have it in us as a supporters base today to really get into it. No, and it is. It's always a, always a tough one, and it, and it was similar for the whole game as well. I think sort of after the uh, after the England defeat, everyone was a bit, uh. and then today, yeah, after I don't know about anyone else, but maybe the old prosecco and beer yesterday, I was feeling a bit, uh. <laughs> but um, you still you still want to turn up and you still want to enjoy it. And I know there's no guarantees, are there? We don't come to football because we think our team's going to win every game we hope they're going to win every game but we know that's not going to happen but you still want to see something that inspires you and and you can sort of talk about talk about it being a sort of two-way thing but the reality these guys out there are getting paid to play football and do a job we're paying for the privilege of coming to see them they need to do their job regardless absolutely right let's have a look ahead if we can briefly to the next couple of games coming up as you said Geordie we're not back here at the Victor the 14th of January that's another positive actually I'm in hospitality that day so that'll be fun at least <laughs> if all else goes wrong hopefully I'll be warm and have a nice few drinks but we've got a couple of games before that one we've got Swansea away in a few days time we've got Norwich away a few days after that and then we've got Reading in the cup which um, you know is, is another thing entirely but 
what the hell do we do for the next game? A, de- a depleted, thin squad as it was. Now we're going to be without our only left back for, for three games because that, that's violent conduct. You're not going to appeal that. That's Kamara gone, gone for three. Pedro doesn't look like he's going to be playing anytime soon. Um, you know, it's, but again, as we've been saying, the, the inconsistency of this side. On the flip side, you wouldn't surprise me if we went to Swansea and we and we and we won. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if we'll just um, send back Kamara, send Kamara back to Danese and end his loan. And kind of, so that wasn't part of the deal, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, the next few games, you never know what's going to happen. I think, you know, had, had we met Millwall head-on in the first five minutes, the crowd would have got up for it. They'd been like, yeah, this is, we're getting them back for what they did to us. So I think, you know, yes, it is, it is a symbiotic relationship, but I think, the, the, to Jason's point, the players needed to go out today. The, the fact they nearly scored in the 30, after 30 seconds kind of took the wind out of any kind of uh, atmosphere that the fans might have wanted to get going. Um, the next few games, I mean, Reading's kind of. Does anyone want a cup run? You know, to be honest, apart from maybe a few fringe players, but the fringe players are going to get matches anyway. Um, I mean, James Morris is probably the biggest winner. I think his Christmas present came uh, today when he, whatever you are, Santa was. Can I have a place in the in the first team? Do Do you think you'll play there? Because I think it'll be Ken. I think you'll put Ken Semmer back well, at left back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it comes down if you take Ken out, you have to put. Um, I've got Zhao, obviously. Does that mean that Kalu has to go in? So it's down to Slav to work. I mean, Ken can. Ken's one of those like universal keys that can, can play at right wing or at left back, depending on where he's needed in the same game, like I did today. But maybe maybe he'll put Ken at left back but maybe he'll want to say let's experiment and try a few different bits who knows who knows what the next couple of games brings at least they'll be away from the kind of critical eye of all the Watford fans they can almost do it but then they've got the steps to the plate got, I mean Norwich haven't, aren't on a great run Swansea aren't having the season of their dreams Reading aren't expecting to win the FA Cup so they're probably looking at us thinking it's uh, Watford and two others it, it, it's, it's going to be a mark of the of the squad how they how they deal with this setback because we've lost a key player to injury we've lost a player to now suspension we really like we've said we're depleted it's it's how it's how they meet that challenge is going to define the rest of the season but it's also going to define their their Watford careers I think for a lot of them and Slavs to be honest definitely I mean these two games they are Swansea mid-table Norwich are right there with us in the playoffs I think they could leapfrog us if they win later this afternoon I think they'll go above us but as it stands we are still fourth I think Norwich would go above us but they're two, they are two I mean as, as it is every week really but they are two tricky games they are two important games we need to get back on the bike quickly yeah absolutely and, and you, you think you look, if you look at these three games as a, as a whole You'd have wanted to have picked up three points today to take the momentum going into two very, very tricky away days. I don't know. We, we've we've had a bit of success at Carrow Road, sort of in recent times, but it's, a, it's for me, it's still a big ask and a, and a depleted squad that we've talked about with a a midfield that sort of yeah, quite fresh, shall we say, in terms of its maturity, and now with uh, either a young left back or a non left back playing at left back, it, it's. I think it's a big ask. I think you could quite easily see us coming out of those with, with no points and not be at all surprised. And if that situation was to transpire, and you can kind of forget about the cup game either way, you'd be going into January, three games, you know, if you were to lose those three games, get no points. That is the sort of time. I don't think we're anywhere near there yet, but that is the sort of time. Three, three, if we were to lose three in a row with three bad performances that's when we all start looking over to that director's box, don't we? 
And I, I don't really want to put the, take the discussion too much in that direction yet, because I think, as we've all said, we all want Bilic to be here for a long time. And I'm sort of hopeful that he will be. Mm. But we just, we just know that those grey clouds, when they start coming over, and, and you know, we just have to be careful. And that's, that, you mentioned uh, fine margins. That's, that's Watford. It's on a knife mm. edge constantly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like you say, I, as I said before, I, I, we don't want to see Bilic go. But you know what? Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what they're like. But you'd think a bit of common sense would prevail. We talked about the sort of the, the backroom changes. We know we've got some other players coming in, some potentially exciting talent coming through. Doesn't address maybe issues at the back. Having said that, recent games we've kept clean sheets. This is the first sort of time we conceded in a few games, isn't it? Today, so defence isn't as bad as maybe we think it is. But you'd still like to see something there we're talking about something that hasn't happened we're talking about the a potential three yeah. game losing run it, it might not actually happen but if there's we a bit of pressure yeah, yeah, I can feel pressure. it you know you can hear it in your voice there is a yeah. bit of pressure on us now to, to, to get back to some sort of semblance of form here um, before things go to, you know things really start to slide because you can see it with the injury with the suspension with the lack of bodies in the squad in general it is a precarious position for us and we need to I think we do need to get a result in the in you know one of these next two games for sure if you are one of the hardy souls who are traveling uh, down to South Wales ahead of the Swansea game keep your eye on the feed there will be a another FTRE away day podcast for you to enjoy whether you're on the train or in the car plenty of fun stuff packed into that one to keep you companion on the journey up there and then of course be podcast after the uh, Swansea game after the Norwich game as always, there's one person we haven't mentioned today, and that's Geordie's son, James, who... Am I right, Geordie? Has he not yet seen us win, ever? No, no he's, uh, he's, I think it's his 10th game now, since he was a baby that I had to carry, and he hasn't seen us win yet. Right, so forget everything we've just said. That's it. We don't need to analyse anything. That's the reason you keep bringing him. But, uh, James, I hear you've got a suggestion as to who we should sign in January. Messi, because he's the best player. I mean, you can't disagree with that. He's done everything he can do at <laughs> club level on the world stage Gino give him a call let's get out of the cold shall we let's get back home finish off those leftovers put this one behind us Geordie thank you Uh, you're welcome Jason thank you thank you thank you very much for listening we'll be back again soon come on you Watson